And we're back. What's up, guys? Welcome to another Mentally Gone Daily episode. Uh, today is Tuesday, March 14th. My name is Callie Lacerda. And I'm Gabriela Lopes. And today, um, I just want to wish everybody a happy uh, three-year anniversary since the start of COVID. Um, since um, it officially hit the news and all shit broke loose and schools closed down indefinitely businesses closed their doors indefinitely and the government screwed up everything because they overestimated the impact of this thing they underestimated their capabilities that ability to manage and cope with you know this thing and we pay the price we the people we the people i remember i remember i was in school and 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 at Rutgers, there was always uh, people wearing masks because I think it's like a, I think in like in some Asian countries they just wear yeah, masks, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And so I like it wasn't anything new that people were wearing masks uh, right. at, at my college campus. <laughs> right. And then I noticed more and more people wearing masks. I was like, what's with all the masks lately? Right. And that sounds, quote unquote, like racist and stuff. But if you live in New Jersey slash New York City, then all you see constantly is just um, specifically Asian people who come for like tourism and stuff. Like they're always wearing masks. Yeah. And there's an outlet that's like a few minutes away from my house. Um and it's like known for it's like high-end discounted price on like high-end brands and stuff and and you see a bunch of people who come straight from china and um they're always always wearing masks Hmm. and so it's interesting to me because they've always had that that um culture of just you know because of just how how contaminated their um air is because of all the factories everything's made in china I was going to say, too, that I think that in, 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 well, I don't know if it's Japan necessarily, but I know that in some Asian countries, it's a fashion piece. Really? Yeah. I don't know that. It's like an accessory. And so they'll even have ones with like faces on it and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And and Japan is known for their fashion, uh, their high fashion stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, they're always like at the forefront of like fashion trends and stuff yeah i might be mistaken but i'm pretty sure but but anyways i remember seeing more and more people and and i've always been oblivious to news and stuff because i just never paid any mind like i guess especially at the time i couldn't i couldn't have cared less than i already did about what was going on Mm -hmm. and so it's funny because i even when covid was announced i didn't realized the severity of it that i was still like walking into stores without a mask on and they were like you need a mask and gloves yeah and i was like a mask and gloves and i was like dumbfounded i'm like what's going on (laughs) everybody was just um hyper scared you know just hyper paranoid yeah and to the point where i think i've said this before on like past episodes and stuff i'm pretty sure but when shit started hitting the fan I was legitimately scared of going outside to like walk my dog, you know, because I just assumed that this thing was just raining down everywhere. <laughs> airborne. Airborne. <laughs> and if I breathe the air outside, <laughs> I would automatically get this thing that, no. that was being portrayed as like deadly. And if you have it, then you're going to... Um, what's the name of, that, of, of those uh, hospital things that people were dying on? Uh, I forgot the name. But someone listening to this, all of the uh, PhD doctors who listen to this podcast, they're probably punching the air right now. Um, <laughs> inhalators, uh, incubators. Oh. Uh, Anyways, but yeah. but um, you know, people were like dying if they got connected to that machine, and it was considered a death sentence. And and so I just became hyper paranoid. But I got COVID, I'm pretty sure, at the very beginning of the year of 2020, before the whole outbreak and before it became like mainstream news. I don't know how I got it. I think I might have gotten it from my gym because, again, this is going to sound racist, but where I live, people are majority uh, from like Asian descent. So be it like Indian, Chinese, um, but they come from Asia, 
Yeah. And so the the gym that I go to um, is just main like that's the main audience. And so people travel, people go to China, people go to India. And, and it so was... it's just a matter of like time before it would find its way to the particular town where I live in. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was okay. going to say, and, and it was after holidays that the yeah. COVID outbreak happened. See, so it's right after Christmas. People are coming back from from visiting their families abroad. And that's, I think, how I got the earliest um, strand of it, you know. I also <coughs> was sick that year for two ye- two weeks straight. I almost said two years straight, imagine. Two years straight. So you're the one that brought COVID <laughs> yeah. into the United States, confirmed. Gabrielle Lopes. And I survived two years of being sick. Yeah. And, the, and then she gave it to me, and then I'm responsible for spreading it into the world. But I was sick for two weeks in January 2020, to, uh, 2020 also um i think it was like right at the beginning of january mm-hmm. right before my birthday and stuff and then we both got sick january 2020 2021? 2022 oh, oh 2022 2022 you, yeah you well you were more sick where new year's eve like you were sleeping through midnight because yeah. of how sick you were feeling I wasn't feeling well at all. And the 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 thing with me is that I rarely get sick, but when I do, like it hits me like a fucking boulder, you know, like a fucking <laughs> yeah. train. Semi, like a semi, what do they call those? A semi truck. Semi truck, yeah. But um really quickly, just just going back to the whole idea of like wearing a mask as a fashion statement, um, Jessica Chastain wore a COVID mask to the 2023 Oscars and she is being praised by news outlets and praised uh, by people on Twitter for being someone who didn't forget and who still kind of like pushes the the agenda I'd say of of just fear-mongering and just um, permeating this idea and continuing to instill it in people it's like instead of just being normal and just acting normal like everybody around her she wanted the extra attention, and it just so happens that she was um, along with Halle Berry. Oh, Halle Bailey. Ha- no. Oh, ha- oh, um, yeah, you're right, Halle Halle Berry. She's an actress, right? Yeah, Halle yeah. Berry, the Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. So, so both of them were the ones that who presented the Oscar for Best Male Actor, right? Mm-hmm. because Will Smith is banned for 10 years from attending Oscars. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> usually how it works is that the previous year's um, Oscar winner is the one that presents that year's Oscar winner. Oh. So it's kind of like the passing of the torch. You right. know, it's supposed to be highly symbolic. And so I just found it interesting how Jessica Chastain wore a mask and she's also one of the ones that was in the spotlight of attention in terms of passing this controversial torch to uh uh brendan brendan fazier brian fazier i forgot who won the the um oscar thing i just forgot who it was i don't i don't recognize that name brendan fazier yeah he was in the whale which i haven't seen but people say was really really good I think it's Brendan Fraser, yeah, but but oh, he won. Oh yeah, yeah, Brendan Fraser is his name. Fraser, yeah. So I just found that interesting how they use these platforms, these like Oscar ceremonies, to continue to kind of like promote these ideologies and to instill fear in the masses, and it's also a way of gaining attention and also gaining woke points, which is what I think she was going for, and she achieved it because every main news outlet says Jessica Chastain praised. For wearing wearing face mask at the Oscars, Jessica Chastain praised for wearing face mask at the Oscars. Jessica praised for being the only celeb to wear a mask indoors at Oscars. Jessica Chastain gets a shout out from the internet for wearing a mask. It's like ah, oh, it's just so annoying, man. I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> but but what hate was this woke shit? What was the reason? You know that meme? What was the reason? No, I don't know. It's like it's uh Cardi B screaming it. Yeah. What was the reason? What was the reason for her wearing the mask? Right. And I'm assuming that all of these celebrities get checked um to like you know like tested beforehand, you know? Yeah. 
And uh, nobody else was wearing a mask. Yeah. It, yeah. She must have known what she was doing. Oh, for sure. And and she was wearing it on the carpet, too, like on the entrance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the paparazzis. Of course. Have to catch a few pictures just in case the just in case during the Oscars, the camera never pans over at her. Right, right. <laughs> you know how like some celebrities just get skipped over at the Oscars? Like you didn't even know that they were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even watch the Oscars, so I quickly watched the recap for Jimmy Kimmel's um Jimmy Kimmel's monologue. Oh yeah. And it's just cringy. It's like all of it is so cringy. It's so forced. It's all it's it's just this room of people who know exactly what they're into who all share common interests. They have no sense of morality, no moral compass. They are just deeply tapped into whatever is trending, whatever is um, just just common nowadays, if that makes sense. Yeah. I wanted to say really quick, um, isn't I don't know which award show it is that they've eliminated... Uh, like separate ca- uh, categories for male and f- female uh, awards. I don't know if it was like the Brit Awards or something like that. Mm-hmm. But apparently like that might be something that they'll do in the future. But then it's kind of controversial because apparently at this award ceremony for, I, I don't know if it if it is the Brit Awards or whatever it is, but because they eliminated the the female category for winning you know how they have like best actress and stuff mm-hmm. um no no women won <laughs> that year really yeah That's like all men won in the categories that there were female nominees <laughs> uh because females <laughs> need that that exclusive female category in, in right, order to win right right so it's crazy that be, you know when you want when you want the equality right <laughs> and then you that's get outperformed point. yeah <laughs> you get outdone because i think that that's exactly it it's like they don't want inclusivity they want uh they 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 want superiority yeah they want like their acknowledgement so that's why you know yeah acknowledgement and and also praise me yeah you you know like that's what the whole woke culture is about is about like like respect transgender rights respect lgbtq plus even if you respect them it's not enough Mm. because then they want you to bend over backwards and just praise them and just kiss their feet you know yeah yeah. so it's this whole thing of just like wanting to be tyrannical and to have this power over people it's like i can cancel you at a snap of a finger i can write a tweet that'll end your whole career i can dig up dirt on you and the list goes on and on what's interesting is that now more than like now recently more than ever People are finally beginning to take the Wuhan laboratory leak theory very seriously, which at one point was just considered a conspiracy theory. Right. And even at the time, I think that we discussed this on the podcast in like 2021, maybe or something like 2021, 2022, maybe too, because there was this book that was written uh, years ago and it said that and Essentially, the whole book is like centered around the idea that this virus was leaked from a laboratory in Wuhan, China. Yeah. And and it talked about it in this book, in this novel, quote unquote. And then now for for the first time, like government officials and and just like politicians are speaking out and analyzing this theory to see if there's any credence there, because apparently there there are laboratories in Wuhan that have been leaking information about them them being responsible for leaking this onto the world so what what were politicians saying before like what was their reasoning for why covid came to be that's a good question i think i think that it depends on who you ask so if you were to ask trump he was very adamant about china you know like china being the the chinese you know like whatever so he will he was already blaming china um, if you ask Joe Biden and his current administration, I think they'd say that it's just um, 
I don't know. It's it's just unfortunate. It, it just happens, you know, like it's something that you can't control. But then what they're realizing now is that it's this controlled thing that happened. And I think that it might have been very strategic to buy China some time for them to kind of expedite their growth and kind of consolidate their um, their uh, grip on the world economy and just like secretly build while the whole world is kind of turned off, you know? Oh, you know, what's so funny too, is that Shein business was booming right. when the pandemic hit. And if no one knows, Shein is located in China. And it uses questionable labor, right? Like yeah. child labor, uh, slave labor, probably. And I bet a hundred million dollars that there was no social distancing happening inside of those factories. No, no, for sure not. Because of how many, like the amount of different pieces of clothing that Shein produces is astronomical. It, it, it's like, it's so hard to fathom that, that they can just come up with all of these different designs and have like, I can only imagine like hundreds and thousands of pieces made for yeah. each one, Yeah, you know? Talk and about fast fashion. Yeah, like literally fast fashion. But anyways, I was going to say, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, you were going to say something about Xi'an? No, I wanted to say something about China. 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 Because China. where did the whole like thing about it coming from bats come from yeah no um so that actually probably answers your question is that at the time everybody was just agreeing that the virus came from uh the many wet shops that it, not not wet shops the many like um uh livestock animal markets uh, yeah yeah that exists in china and so like they sell dogs they sell uh bats apparently um you know, these exotic meats. Right. So it's like a delicacy. Right. For them, at least. It's yeah. just super weird for me. But again, to each their own. But apparently, like, that's what they were kind of tying it back to because scientists were apparently claiming that um, the virus came from bats and that it's commonly transmitted from bat to bat. Um, but then it transmitted from bat to human because Chinese people ate bats. And so it created this whole narrative. But now what they're finding out is that it might actually have been leaked from a laboratory, a virologist, uh, Chinese virologist or something was just clumsy or, in my opinion, was intentional. And I, and I think that 20 years from now, we're going to see various documentaries covering this um, China scandal. Yeah. You know, like China trying to one up the whole world and trying to insert themselves into the top one position uncovering who is responsible and and what is responsible right and i w i also was gonna say it's interesting because people were making jokes how covid was like uh covid was like the snap of thanos finger where yeah. it was like wiping out half of humanity and stuff and and it basically did that right kind it, of. i mean a lot of people died a lot of people I remember watching horrifying videos, I think it was in India, of them just um, taking dead bodies into like an open soccer field and just like piling them up and just burning them. Wow. Because they couldn't bury any more bodies. There was no more like grave area available and they just had to like pile them up and burn them. And it looked like a scene from like the walking dead or something it's like a zombie apocalypse oh that's crazy it's the most it's the most wild video that i think i've ever seen because of just how real if it felt to me at that time especially with all the fear that i was already feeling stuck in the house paranoid 24 7 and then i see that video i'm like what the fuck is life now you know like what's going on yeah i mean that that's always been a thought that lingered in my head because uh, um I, I just, well, I know this is going to sound horrible, but obviously China's like very overpopulated, right? I think. Or am I making that yeah, statement yeah. wrongly? Yeah, China, India are probably the two most populated countries in the world. And I know that China, well, again, I might be wrong, so don't quote me on any of this, but that they they want to, they want like population control. Yeah, for sure. You know, because... Yeah obviously like i've 
anyways, my point is I just find it interesting. I don't think that if it was leaked from a lab that it was um, an, an accident, right? Like it was definitely purposeful. Yeah. And speaking of China, actually, this is very coincidental. Um, and speaking of coincidences, this article was published um, March 12th. So, so just a few days ago. And the headline is outrage over city's proposal to impose lockdown for the flu. Uh-huh. Fury is brewing in a Chinese city with 13 million residents over a radical plan to introduce lockdowns for outbreaks of the plain old flu. So this is like the regular flu that's seasonal for, for, for most people and in most cases. And China, of all countries, is now really, really working hard on just normalizing the idea to its citizens that people should be locked down for any reason. You know, it's just like lock down major cities and just control the population through that's fear insane. because because they've seen that it really works well. And it has worked well for them, maybe, and for their economy. It's a great way to just keep people under your thumb, essentially. And it kind of reminds me of the whole, like, North Korea thing, where in North Korea, when you have a dictatorship, it's easier for you to control because you are unrestrained from any, any like, traditional sense of leadership. And so, and so you can literally threaten and murder people um, and their whole lineage and their whole family if they step out of line. And so people just act in accordance to whatever you want because of that fear. But in pseudo-democratic countries like China who present themselves, well, it, well, it's not considered a democratic country, but they present themselves as like being able to play along in the world stage with other countries and not be a dictatorship outrightly. They still have to like find ways around um executing that want and that need to be a dictatorship if that makes sense and so mm. and, and so they use tactics like fear-mongering and just like imposing fear on its residents and it works that's you know? i mean i've heard i've heard stories about uh is, is it true that if if um is it true that they they've limited the kid the amount of kids that you can have yeah 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 and then if it was a girl they would you know wipe them out kind of thing yeah yeah um it's the it's the one child thing essentially if you have two kids uh the government won't help you but but if you limit your reproduction to only one child the government will aid you to some extent and then what you said would happen because um, people wanted a boy because poor families need hardworking labor in order to survive. And so they want a boy who will become a man who will help them kind of survive. And so if, you, if you're limited to only one child, then if you have a girl, then they would kill it and try again for a boy. Wow. So this wasn't even like abortion. It was like it would pop out. Yeah. And they would look at it because uh, because a lot of these poor families can't even afford going like going getting, anywhere to like see what the child would be, you know? Right, getting like a sonogram and whatnot. Yeah, because there's no like healthcare in China, I don't think. F- so they would just wait until it popped out and then if they saw that it didn't have a peener, then boom, it's like kill it. I I feel like a lot of countries, not all, I'm not sure, I can't say, but I feel like a lot of countries uh, paint, depict themselves one way, but then in reality, they do have a lot of like dictatorship qualities. Like I think, I think that of the United States a little to an extent too. No, for sure. And the greatest example now recently too has been Canada because Canada... At the height of COVID, I remember everybody saying like, oh, I'm just going to move to Canada. Fuck this shit. I'm going to move to Canada. Yeah. And then (laughs) also when Trump first won, like that was the same mentality. It's like, I'm going to move to Canada. Yo, fuck the U.S. or whatever. And then now, ironically, Canada is has become, in my opinion, a dictatorship. You know, like they've been withholding freezing accounts of people who disagree with the ideologies of the government. They've been implementing a bunch of laws that prohibit you from like speaking freely 
on certain topics and against certain groups. And even if it's not outwardly against certain groups, like um, Jordan Peterson is getting his license revoked, his um, physician, is it physician? No, it's uh, um, practicing, sci- uh, practicing psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. License revoked because he's been speaking out against woke culture and against the tyrannical um, incessant mission of the LGBTQ plus community. And so he's being just ostracized by the Canadian government and by society. Um, and so it's just weird because, again, if you give these countries and these leaders an inch, they'll take a whole mile, you know, like more than a mile. Yeah. And it's frightening because like, because like you said, like there is there is something to what you said about it happening in the U.S. And I feel like it's been happening for a long time and it's just getting like worse and worse, you know. And and not only is it getting worse and worse, but I feel like more people are becoming a little bit more aware of it. Right. Because because for so many years, everybody was so patriotic, mm-hmm. like about this country, you know, and I, I feel like that's not necessarily the case anymore. Yeah. Where more people don't feel patriotic and they don't have like this pride in the country they live in when it comes to the u.s right and what's interesting to me is that i think that that's largely due to just poor government but what they're trying to again just trying to demonize china and fit it into their narrative that it's like the cause of everything bad in this country they've been blaming tiktok for that reason and for that growing sentiment of just anti-government anti-us and claiming that that's why TikTok pushes conspiracies against the government, conspiracies that paint the president and his administration in a poor light. So all of these conspiracies and like thought processes that just are un-American is what's being pushed out. And so that's what the government and Congress is now claiming. It's like, oh, no, it's again, it's China's fault. It's these social media apps. And then meanwhile, Congress is the one that approves $1.3 trillion in fucking Ukraine aid. Yeah. And then they just fucking look at, you know, like it's just horrible government. And then now banks apparently are collapsing um, in, in, yeah, it's just frightening because it could be like the whole 2008 thing happening right now in this instance. Yeah. And banks don't have money, you know, so and and people are getting scared. And so more and more people are running to their banks to withdraw money. And that leads to banks not having money. But then it's funny how we have and by we, I mean, the government printing money like crazy has one point three trillion dollars in Ukraine aid to send to our little buddies in the Ukraine to like help them with what? yeah help them how like like help your own country like now's the time that you should try to save america you know it's no like priorities fucking crazy, dude. no priorities because because i wonder if 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 it would happen vice versa where ukraine would rush to our aid of course not and would they come up with that much in funding to aid our country no no i, be- can, I highly doubt it no no because also oh sorry oh that scared me (laughs) yeah me too um no because um in large part obviously it has to do with the power of the dollar which i think it's kind of like feigning out a little bit um but the dollar has historically been the currency you know so it's just powerful but then ironically it's also the country where it's most prominent in which is the u.s is the country that's the most unstable because it just can't establish like a firm stability that's consistent and just rock solid and it's funny that you mentioned like conspiracies on tiktok (laughs) about the government because that's that's exactly what we do so uh in other words we are the ones (laughs) responsible for tiktok getting banned and isn't that just just a nice full circle moment it's like what if we were the ones responsible like congress meets up in private pulls up a big screen and then just says like so there's this mentally gone studios page uh that has been ruining the perception of the people uh regarding our integrity and then they just pull up our videos about talking about like joe biden being a clone and stuff yeah and then what if that's what leads to like tiktok being banned 
They're like, Men Saigon is responsible yeah. for. <laughs> First of all, I would be honored, honestly, because of how shitty TikTok has like treated us um, ever since we created our page up until this moment. It's been a horrible experience as creators on TikTok, by the way. Fucking hate it. But we're still on there because we're trying to grow our community of people and we're making our own prideful sacrifices in terms of just not wanting to be there mm-hmm. uh, in order to just grow and just spread as much um, of our messages as we possibly can. But my point being, it would be a beautiful full full circle moment and I would actually rejoice and be happy if TikTok just was banned and that's coming from someone who has currently an account at almost 1 million followers which people kind of like prioritize and praise nowadays it's like oh my god I wish I had a million followers on TikTok listen to me right now it's not as as great as you think it is it's really not it's not all that it seems no it's not because when we first started off Obviously, we started off like everybody else. We're not famous. We didn't start this being famous already. Like, we didn't have a pre-existing fan base, quote-unquote. Nothing like that. We were just two nobodies, and we still are two nobodies with a slightly higher following now. But we started as two nobodies just trying to basically blow up on TikTok. And then once we did, we, we like, realized, like, oh, shit, like, this shit's actually kind of stupid. Yeah. It's kind of, like, really dumb. Yeah. And 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 it's funny because another thing is that you there's like this misconception that influencers make all of this money from the platforms, right? It's like, "Oh, yeah. you have a million followers, you're probably making like You're probably uh, making a million dollars. Yeah, you're probably too. rich, you're famous, you have to be rich. So you are you buying your Ferrari and your mansion? They think that the TikTok fund is like dishing out thousands of dollars because there are people who like, who who wrongfully push it where they're like, oh, look, this month I got a few thousand dollars from the TikTok fund. But then it's because of one video that they had that went into like the millions and millions, let's right. say, right? But my point is that that's absolutely not the case. Like you start off making less than a penny yeah. for your views. And, and then even now, uh, even now, like when you get thousands or millions or whatever the case is, it's not as much as people think. No, no, it's not. And, and I'm going to say this for because I'm sure that there may be like some aspiring creative person out there who's like listening to this and like maybe they want to grow their business and they want to use TikTok as a platform to do so. I'm not saying to like not do it. I'm saying go for it. Um, just like use it wisely, but don't like praise and like prioritize and just worship this platform and these numbers. And because even us, like we don't even know how many of these like analytics and like stats are legit and how much of it is just inflated how much of it comes from just um chinese bots and stuff because it's a chinese app so like we don't even know like the the validity of this yeah and apparently even elon musk before he bought twitter he asked them to kind of like prove like what percentage of their users was um were non-human yeah and they said something like like some bullshit around like 20 30 percent and then what he realized uh through a few other experts is that the number may be as high as 85 percent 85 percent of users of all twitter users are robots that's crazy and so my point is this is that if you want to create a career out of being a tiktoker which isn't our plan at all like our plan is to build a career off of being a podcaster if you're trying to be a TikToker full time and just TikTok, then the only way for you to actually make it, which which we've like had our like dances with this, but you have to essentially sign your soul away to an agency who will ask for up to 50 percent of your profits. Yeah. And then this agency is going to just half ass and just occasionally and just and just sell you on this idea that, oh, no, yeah, like every month I'm going to get you a crazy brand deal and you're going to make thousands of dollars every month securely, um, guaranteed. And then they'll get you to sign that contract, which is exactly what happened to us. But we're not going to be specific on what the what the name of the agency was. But but we actually signed a, a contract with an agency and we spent like how much time 
with them like a few months three months yeah yeah so we spent three months and they didn't give us anything for 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 us signing with them because at the time too i think it was like 2021 right 20 no last 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 year was it yeah 2022 yeah so so i feel like we like we were a little bit desperate in terms of the financial aspects of life and we found it very amusing and just very interesting this idea of like having like basically having a third party do all the effort to secure the business aspect of being a creator so like for us it was amazing conceptually because it would just like give us more time to create and just focus on being being podcasters and just creating the show but my point being is that they they basically like lied to you and then you sign a contract that that binds you for like a year yeah and then you're fucked because even if you get brand deals on your own accord like if a brand reaches out directly to your email you have to relay According to the contract, you have to relay that information to the agency and then it goes through the agency, even though they didn't do, put any effort into acquiring that brand deal and they still get their cut. Yeah. Just by simply like responding to an email, things that I can do myself and I've done myself and they charge you 50% of it. So if you get like a $10,000 brand deal, 5,000 goes to you and then you also have to pay taxes on that. And the other 5,000 goes to them for responding to an email that they put no effort in. Yeah. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And and also not to mention that they're working for so many creators that yeah. they're not prioritizing you and advocating for you to get a brand deal with a specific brand or company so they like they'll mass message where it's like we have all of these creators and right. if and if there's one that's interesting so you're just going to get drowned out right. by maybe a larger creator maybe one that's that's more you know um in in line with what they're looking for and what's crazy is that this this agency because just to clarify more to we if you look at like large creators like Cody Ko or Joe Rogan and they have all these like ad reads and they have like all of these like sponsorships and stuff like all of these large podcasts large influencers large you know uh people the brands come to them because of the platform that they have you know right. and so they've gotten to that point but when you're when you're a content creator and we do this full time and so our livelihood relies on it we do occasionally get brands reaching out but the reason we signed with an agency was to see if we can you know get like a stable income every month mm -hmm. because that's that's what anybody would aspire towards in any job and so this yeah. is our job and that's why we signed it in the first place stupidly enough but it's funny because they were like oh 
one of our creators made like sixty thousand right, in 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 three months or something. Yeah, exactly. And, Lies. And we were like, okay, even if a creator made sixty thousand in three months, that's one creator. Like, how many of yeah. your other creators made a, a a decent amount of money at least, like, in order to have a stable income? Yeah, like. And, what's the average right like in order to have a sustainable living because again from our platforms it's like it's pennies you make pennies off of views mm -hmm. pennies off of it's by the thousand views by the way that's usually how it works they call it like cpm right yeah um and so it was just funny that 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 months had gone by they did nothing for us and then at that point, like we could have stuck around because they tried to convince us, but we were just over it. No, I was just angry at that point. And I come from like a business background and I know my way around like business people. And, and I've like met sharks, like actual legit sharks and also like snakes and shit, like just like slimy, sleazy business people. And so I'm, I'm not oblivious to like how people can be, you know? And I think that that was like one of our worst decisions, but we managed gratefully uh, to just get ourselves out of that, you know, and and we just forced their hand and just like forced them to like release us essentially because we were just extremely unhappy. And um, but but yeah. And then also like we still haven't established that financial stability, by the way, if you're like wondering like, oh, like so it's been like two, two to three years, like since you guys have um, created this uh, thing, have you established that consistency, like every month guaranteed amount? Yes, but it's still not enough to like, to, to feel completely secure. Yeah. You know, so we're still working on that and we've even been thinking about it. Um, and this is just me being completely honest with you guys, but we've been even thinking about just starting a Patreon and not charging like crazy amounts of money. Like, maybe maybe 10 bucks a month or five bucks a month or like something along those lines and then producing exclusive content so so basically like doing a little bit more work but then creating like exclusive content and then hopefully if if you actually like want to support us in like a direct way while still kind of like reaping benefits and just like reaping like content and just like useful information then you can do so by just subscribing to our patreon which will be available very soon but I think that that is the start of just like trying to like establish a consistency as a creator. And then also on top of that, we've been doing it for three years and we've never asked anybody for, for, for anything. Yeah. Right? Um, and I'm not saying that we're going to start asking anyone for anything, but we want to just kind of like give value in exchange for value. So $5, $10, we respect the fact that like that's hard earned money, even though it doesn't sound like a lot to a lot of people. But um, we also want to offer like merch and stuff. But even the merch, I've been talking to a designer and I spent like months trying to find like the perfect designer. And I think I finally found him. Excuse me. I think I finally found him. And we are currently working on a great collaboration in terms of like, well, not collaboration. Like we are paying a designer to create these like cool Kind of like inside mentally gone jokes not not jokes but like themed clothing yeah that's also like very uh closely related and just involves like conspiracies and stuff and and it's like fun it's it kind of has like a cartoonish feel to it but it's also very like cool like things that i'm going to wear on the shows and stuff and so my point is that we're gonna also launch merch soon because it's just the best way to kind of like support the show as well. You know, like if you want to support us in terms of like helping us kind of like worry less about trying to make everything work and actually like double down on content production and, and um, content, then that's the best way to like show support directly. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to like put that out there just to give you guys a, a heads up of like what's to come. So if you just by listening to these daily podcasts, by the way, uh, you already do more than like most people because not, not, not too many people listen to these daily ones, but it's like the, the number is like increasingly growing and it's very shocking to me. Yeah. You know, 
It is because at the beginning, if we got like 20 something plays or views, you know, that would be that would be a win for us. We're like, wow, like 20 people. Yeah, yeah. 20 people came by. Like if we saw that we had 100 listeners, it was like, oh, that's great. Like we have 100 average listeners, you know. And then now we almost have 100,000 total plays on our show. That's insane. 100,000 that's that's bonkers to me it's just mind-blowing you know and it's all obviously thanks to you guys and uh yeah i just want to thank like more specifically the listeners of the daily podcast because it's just audio so um i don't know like i don't know and a lot of times most of the times every time actually after i'm done recording I just always just get in my head and then I'm just like, oh, like I probably sounded like an idiot. I probably stuttered a lot. I probably just had like rambling thought processes, processes or processes. Me too. That's yeah. how I think too. Yeah. Um, I was going to say another thing is that um, what, what people don't see behind the scenes and I always mention it as like all of the editing work that you do because you're doing it all alone and so there are people who are privileged enough that they can you know get an editor to do everything yeah and and editors get paid really well yeah you know they get paid like almost 200 dollars for like an hour of editing so just imagine like callie has to create the content edit the content post the content create clips for the content so there's a lot of work that goes into it a lot of hours and a great example is that um the reason also why we accept certain brand deals but like not all of them obviously because we don't want to like sell out completely and like start selling you guys fucking plumbing tools and shit <laughs> but um we really like meticulously pick out our sponsors and like people that that we're gonna be creating like a like um dedicated clips for uh and my point being is that our most recent project is going to afford us the ability to like upgrade production value. So, so the first thing that both of us think of is like how, like how can we make this studio better? How can we make the um, visual quality better? How can we edit more quickly? And so, like one of the examples, just again, just like giving you guys a little too much information, maybe I don't know. <laughs> TMI. TMI. But one of the investments will 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 be a setup for Gabriella, who will have her own desktop computer because up until now she's been um, working with a uh, 2017 MacBook Pro, which is super outdated now yeah and just slow and just buggy and i have a 2020 uh imac the uh 5k version or whatever that's been discontinued and so like we're gonna beef up our process where she's gonna be helping me edit stuff and she's gonna be managing certain pages and she's gonna have her workstation and i'm gonna have mine and so hopefully that helps with the whole like editing load where it doesn't like fall on one person and then we can evenly distribute it. And then by doing so, it also makes our lives more enjoyable and more uh, like less work heavy, you know. And then if I end up, you know, getting uh, having more free time in the future, hit me up to edit your videos oh, yeah. $200 an hour <laughs> if anybody wants no I wouldn't do that I Come would on, do I'm that. not stingy I would do look if you want me to edit your podcast just like I edit the one that that we do I would 100% be open to yeah I but know. $200 an hour though yeah <laughs> that's it's, the only way it that is it's an worth expense it is an expense yeah it's expensive minutes, but anyways, if you want a cheaper price than Callie's. Oh, you're competing with me now. <laughs> Look at you acting like China. Hey, guys. If you want cheaper, I give you. If you want cheaper, but yeah. cheaper, Cheap. cheaper, but slower. So the shipping time is yeah. going to be two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see. And We're, then mine's going to be quicker because I'm American. It's like, let's go. Fucking American way of Cal life. Callie's like the Amazon and then I'm yeah. like the Shein package that a, you're waiting for. <laughs> it's like, hey, but but when you get the Shein, you're like, oh, you know, $3 was worth it. That's a perfect example. Yeah. That's horrible. But, 
But in, anyways, it's like that site. What is that site called? Alibaba? Alibaba. That people buy stuff off of and everything's yeah. like $3 or less and you can get it in bulk. And it's crazy because they buy it on Alibaba and then they resell it on Amazon. It's like the, the same product. For triple the price. Yeah, for for a 300% markup sometimes. You yeah. Know? It's crazy. See, crazy. so Cali is the Amazon. So if you want the same product but cheaper and slower, then so, you can come to me. CD, DVD. And I will edit your videos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, how many of you guys um, grew up it uh in the early 2000s i guess but um i grew up in newark new jersey and i would go out with my cousins and with my friends and stuff to like eat out and we would always be approached by that chinese lady who who like always sold pirated movies and yeah. like music and shit yeah so again this might sound racist but it's really not racist because it was always the Chinese lady where I grew up. So this is a, just a personal story that um, is personal to me. So you can't cancel me because it's all factual and true. Um, but it was the Chinese lady and she would always just like approach us and say, CD, DVD, CD, DVD. And then, no, no, she would say. CD, DVD, movie. Yeah, movie for you. Yeah. And then and and we would always kind of like just like look at them all. And then just not buy it because it was always like shitty camera, like camcorder quality, you know. I told you, my mom would buy them. Oh, <laughs> FBI, open and, up. And it would be like rolling the dice. It's like... <laughs> yeah, hopefully it works. Hopefully it's a good one, but we would get somewhere. It was definitely cam. And then you wouldn't notice it until like 20 minutes in the movie. All of a sudden there's like heads And there's a people. person walking in front yeah, of it. Yeah, there's like yeah. heads of people like going to pee and use the bathroom. So all of a sudden you're like, wait, this is a camp version? Yeah, that's funny because because in Brazil, like there's a heavy culture. And I think I've spoken, like I've like talked about this before, but not just movies and music, but gaming too. Like there's a heavy culture of just pirated games, uh, PS2 games, Xbox 360 games, probably better games now, but I haven't seen them because I'm not living there anymore. But you would just walk and just buy like three AAA titles for like five highs, which which in today's conversion would be 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. It would be like 25 bucks. Yeah. So $25 for like, no. th yeah, because it's $5. Uh, $25. Oh no! Wait, no, it's <laughs> it's, uh, the, it's way the opposite. Yeah. yeah, so it's like a dollar. Yeah, a dollar would damn. That's crazy. A dollar would get you three triple A title games. So if you want like <laughs> Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, and whatever the fuck you want that just came out, a dollar. Your math wasn't mathing. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I thought it was the opposite. Yeah, but that's crazy for a, so a dollar's worth. You get all that. Yeah, yeah, those movies were super cheap. Like they were cheaper than those like uh those like red box, you know, those those boxes yeah. that you can rent out a DVD from. I never use those. <laughs> I think I think maybe one time I used it, but Yeah. It was like a, a an experiment. <laughs> yeah, and those were even more popular after Blockbuster kind of like went bust. Yeah. Blockbuster was the best experience growing up. I loved going to Blockbuster. And part of me thinks that there might be a market for that because I feel like people miss that camaraderie and the social element of just going out with your friends to like pick up a movie, pop it in a, a fucking Blu-ray player, DVD player at the time actually. And just watch it and then go back and just return it. Just drop it in that box that is on the outside. Yeah. And have your own little card, rent games, you know. Like, I think that if someone came up with an idea of doing that today, like, it could be interesting. Yeah, because, but it's hard because of all the, the streaming platforms right. now. Like, for your money, it's like $10 a month versus, like, a five dollar rental or even a ten dollar rental for a movie let's say and then it's like it's not really worth your your time or money do you know what's a genius idea that i just thought about what that maybe it's not genius but maybe it would be like genius enough to kind of reinvigorate that i like that ancient idea and just like bring back that social element and the idea of just like having a date night and just going with your friends and family to a 
movie store picking out a movie. What if they found a way to create recyclable, recyclable discs? Huh. And they would find a a eco-friendly recyclable packaging. And you would be able to go to these places, pick out a film or movie, and you would pay a monthly subscription just like you pay for Planet Fitness, for example, that's like 10 bucks. You would pay a monthly subscription and you would be able to walk in and, and choose your movie, go to the counter and just like pretend like you're checking out a, a fucking blockbuster. But then you don't have to like go back to return it. So you you give people this like nostalgic feeling of going into a movie store, but then you eliminate all of the headaches that were involved with the blockbuster model. And so once once a movie's expiration date has expired, that movie somehow gets erased from that disc or or that disc has an expiration date on it. Like, I don't know, like if someone could invent that where it kind of like do you get what i'm saying it's like yeah if that disc is like chipped or something but also comes with a qr code where you can conveniently just scan it and then transfer it to your smart tv and stuff so create this like ecosystem where you get the physical disc you get the social experience and you are able to do all that but then you don't have to worry about returning it because once it's gone from your disc because you rented it for four days then you throw it out you throw away the disc. Yeah, or yeah. But recyclable. Yeah. Okay. So okay. you you can recycle the disc and then you just go back to pick out another movie. But again, you only do that for the social and like fun element of it. Right, right. But you only pay ten dollars a month. That hey, I mean that's not a bad idea at all. Because people usually watch movies like only once. Like like me personally, I can't rewatch movies that much. <laughs> And so I'll like watch a movie once and then and then I'm done with it forever almost, you know? Laughs and Gabriella. Yeah. She always rewatches movies <laughs> all the re-watch time. I rewatch movies, I rewatch shows, yeah. I rewatch the same thing, re-listen to the same song three times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a song will start ending and then I'm like, whoop. <laughs> right, replay. Start it again. <laughs> From the top. All right, um, so we're just going to close this out with playing a video um, with a video from SNL. I forget what year this was from. Let me just double check. So this was posted five years ago. It's Dwayne The Rock Johnson before he legitimately blew up as the super mega ultra global superstar that he is now. Mm. Let me just fast forward to the part, though. I know this video. Yeah, so The Rock is being uh, is playing a scientist, a mad scientist who created a robot, and he is presenting this robot to um, other SNL cast members. And just pay close attention to what he says to describe this robot's capabilities. Quite frankly, half the time. Oh. Um, uh, it's a robot that is designed to molest children. And... Uh, I call it uh, Robo Chomo. Uh, you see, it's powered by solar rechargeable fuel cells, and it costs pennies to manufacture. Uh, and it can theoretically uh, molest twice as many children as a human molester in, quite frankly, half the time. Um, so, uh, do I win the contest? I seems like I, uh, I win. Mm. Seems like I win. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, so that was Dwayne The Rock Johnson presenting a robot and claiming that it it is capable of molesting children in half the time of a normal molester. Yeah, and well, not even in half the time, twice as many. Yeah, twice as many in half the time. The number is multiplied. (laughs) Oh, God, this is crazy. And five years ago. Here's my response to you. But it's just a joke. The Rock. Shut up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> yeah, this guy came a long way from his uh, fanny pack days in Maui or Hawaii, uh, uh, Hawaii or wherever he grew up. I don't know. So, so this guy talking about a robot molesting children is the voice of Maui and Moana, a children's movie. <laughs> 
Oh, that's unsettling. It it's yeah. like how is that even a joke? Like how is how is it a joke that like they're obviously it's not a real robot, but about a robot molesting children. Yeah, and you had a comment about the robot's name. Yeah, Robo Chomo, right? Mm-hmm. And then this robot molests children. Which Robo, blah, blah, blah. I can't even say the name. Robo Chomo. Robo Chomo Adrenochromo. Yeah, like they, <laughs> they almost made it too obvious because if they had named it Robo Chromo, then it's kind of like, oh, yeah. really? Chromo? It, no, it's because it's chrome. It's because of the texture yeah, of the robot, no. it's the color of the robot. But it's close enough in sound. Yeah, and it's just interesting because it's five years ago. Um, like not that old because if if this was a clip from like 10 years ago then i would kind of give it a pass kind of because just because of how oblivious i was at that time and because of just how different society was so you have like family guy yeah like obscene like adult swim like crazy crazy entertainment so at that time it wasn't uncommon for you to like get away with these skits and like with these jokes that video is from five years ago five years ago so 2017 18 yeah no yeah that early ago i guess yeah that's what it says on the um snl uh posted thing it's had posted five years ago it could have been posted it could have been reposted because because he looked it, it looked like it was so like so old to me isn't that funny how him having hair makes him look <laughs> yeah yeah it's just weird right because it kind of like confuses your brain it's like obviously it's fake hair in this sketch right it's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson's real hair because he he hasn't had hair since freaking WWE the Rock days you know oh really so that's not his hair because no, I remember like in WWE he had the black hair still yeah, he had like a little buzz. thingy going on, you know? Yeah, like buzz down. And so I thought that in that video, because it's kind of blondish, right? Yeah. I thought that in that video, he he colored it or something. I was like, oh, this is a weird era for him. Mm-mm. Yeah. So moral of the story, uh, I guess you can trust bald men, but don't trust uh don't trust them when they're wearing blonde wigs yeah that's the moral of this podcast too it's just don't trust wigs um and yeah yeah you have anything else to say that's it but the reason i said that is because obviously we can trust him to voice a children's movie so yeah (laughs) and be in all of these movies with children Mm -hmm. um and so have you ever seen that (laughs) that video of him talking about like wanting to eat a kid or something no so there's a video i'm probably not gonna be able to find it hold on guys Just eat give me a, a kid rock um eating children eating <laughs> hold on i don't know if it's available on freaking youtube because youtube has been like taking down videos a lot uh dwayne johnson shares his secret to staying in shape i think it's this one let me just see hold on if it's not uh, not sponsored <laughs> because if it's not this one then we'll just end it here but if it is i think it's worth just playing it once because uh he's he's being interviewed by a guy and a child not no it's not this one he's being interviewed by a guy and a child and then he says something about like wanting to eat children or something or his secret being like eating children and then the kid gets like visually uncomfortable Oh, that's so and, weird. And like scared, you know, it's like a little kid and shit. I heard, I heard that something similar happened with Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Yeah. Really. I might be wrong, but I heard that he he drinks the bloods. Oh, that. So we'll reserve that for a uh, full in-depth episode because we have to obviously like do yeah. research to see if there's any credence to that claim. i mean if you look at steve harvey he's looking he's he looks young he doesn't age Does he, he he never no he's been looking the same for the past like 20 years do you know what's interesting what and this might be a conspiracy for a future like full-length video episode but if you notice how much celebrities have aged recently Mm. especially in light of like everything that's been exposed with the Jeffrey Epstein Island. 
it was right after that that celebrities like um tom hanks looked super old the rock yeah. appeared at the oscars and he looked like way older than he normally does huh. and it's it seems like they're all aging like exponentially now because maybe they lost their like main source of that product oh that's so weird and crazy yeah it's just pretty telling i, I, I like i think i don't know but yeah i just found that curious we'll find out next time on the mentally gone daily show next episode of dragon ball z this was episode 21 and you stay tuned for episode 22 21 all right guys so with that being said thank you again for listening uh hopefully you found some value from this uh even if it's just entertainment or if it's just trying to help you relieve yourself of any boredom uh thank you for listening yeah the word relieve is very ironic right now why because i need to relieve my bladder oh yeah she has to pee what else is new um so uh thanks again and don't forget that it's never wrong to be mentally gone peace Peace to to the the world. world and if you like this podcast don't forget to rate it on all the platforms bye bye